What do you love about being outside and active? I'm, I'm sure I've spent more time outdoors than in. That just feels like home. Enjoy what you can do because you never know what is around the corner. Just being outdoors in the fresh air, it just clears my mind. Fully immersed in nature is what brings me the most joy. Hello and welcome back to the Outside and Active podcast where this week my guest is Priya Gopaldas. Priya is most recognisable as an islander from the 2021 Love Island series, but is also passionate about fitness and running and loves to take part in endurance and ultramarathons, recently completing a 250 kilometer ultramarathon in Sri Lanka, raising money for the NHS. And if all of this wasn't enough, she has also just graduated from medical school at UCL. Just like David from last week's episode, Priya has also taken on the Race to the Stones Ultra. These were both recorded on the same day, just before the Ultra Marathon. But I can say that they both completed the Ultras last weekend, which is absolutely fantastic. But in this episode, we chat all about her pre-race thoughts alongside how she got into running and how she has fallen in love with it since. Thank you to Keela and Aqua Marina for sponsoring this episode of the Outside and Active podcast. We'll chat a little bit about them later, but until then, let's get straight into this episode with Priya. Priya, hello. Welcome to the Outside and Active podcast. How are you doing? Hello, Dominic. Yeah, I'm really well. How are you? I'm, I'm good, but I'm feeling slightly... Um, well, you've literally run here and I've just taken a train and sat on my backside. So you're you're already fully active and I feel like I should go for a run you know, after this podcast just to catch up with you. Well, I mean, I only actually ran maybe just over two kilometres. I don't know if you can call that a run. It was, I mean, it was a glorified walk because there were so many people on route. Dodging. Yeah, Monday morning. Dodging yeah. Yeah. Bit stressful. I like that. Active um, active commute. Yeah. Sustainability, everything like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think I it was it. definitely more mental and physical. That that tough two kilometers. <laughs> to good way to start on Monday. <laughs> it's good. Well, I'm going to kick off this podcast by offering you a piece of advice that someone who has been a guest on the podcast is leaving for you and they don't know who they're leaving it for. And this piece of advice comes from fellow runner, Anna Harding. And her piece of advice for you is done is better than none. And the way that she kind of elaborated on that was that sometimes we're not 100% every single day. We're not able to give 100% to work or life or fitness in this case. But even if we have 20% to give, let's give 100% of that 20% and do what you can. So done is better than none. The question that kind of leads on from that for you is where do you rank your self-motivation and willpower? Um, I think it fluctuates. Um, honestly, depends on the day, depends on my mood, depends what else is going on in my life. I feel like really tough days with like medical school or, you know, when lots is going on or I've been socialising lots of friends in the evening. Um, and then that morning waking up, motivation will probably be quite low because uh, I'll be exhausted. You know, I might not have had a good night's sleep, that kind of thing. Um, but usually... I, I'd say I'm more I'm more over the fifty percent mark than below it, just because I love waking up early in the morning, exercising because I know that that's what gets me you know through the day. It makes me have a good day when Sets I the exercise. Tempo of your day. Yeah. Exactly. I don't think I could wake up without doing some sort of movement in the morning, um, which I guess is a good good thing to have. Yeah. So you're definitely yeah. a morning person. A morning person, yeah. I hate exercising in the evening. Really <laughs> dislike it. <laughs> I'm in bed by eight most nights. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm kind of the opposite. I, I like getting, like for the reason that you said, 
doing something in the morning because it sort of set, wakes you up and sets the tone for the day. But sometimes I feel like if I'm going to the gym or going for a run, I'm kind of like half awake and feeling tired. But yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely seem like a morning person. Yeah, but it does. I mean, yeah, saying that it takes me <laughs> takes me a good half an hour to warm up. So I will start my gym class like half asleep. Yeah. But then, you know, the music will start going, pre-workout will kick in yeah. and then, you know. You're ready. We're, we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other question that we ask to every guest is, what do you love about being outside and active? Um, I think, so what I love about being outside is maybe, it's just the distractions. I know that's a weird answer, but there's just so much going on outside that when you're exercising or whatever you're doing, you know, walking, running, it just feels so much easier when there's, different things going on so whether that's you know the sunrise or you know people outside that you're watching as you're running or you know beautiful scenery just like different things that are distracting you that actually help the or make the run easier mm. I think is what I love about being outside um versus like a treadmill where it's like you know just staring at a wall or you know yeah. Treadmill running compared to running outside is they're like two completely different things, aren't they? I mean yeah. do you like trail running? Do you do you like road running if there's a specific area? Um so I think I prefer road running. Um just because that's what I'm used to. It's what I've done most of and what I've enjoyed the most. Um I love Regents Park. That's that's like my home ground. Um, just like laps of the outer circle. Um, I could do, I've, I've been doing those for years now and I never get bored. I actually like the monotony of it, just knowing what's really? around the corner. Yeah, it's really strange. Like little checkpoints. Yeah, mm. exactly. And it just makes the run so much easier. Like I've run like 5Ks around there because each loop is 5K uh, or just under. Uh, I've run like half marathons around there. I've run ultras around there just because I feel like knowing what's coming up next just makes the end, like the finish line, more sort of manageable in my head. So so if you were doing an ultra, have you ever done an ultra that is specific loops or like a a race or an event? Because there are some where it's literally, I think there's even one that's, um, you go as far as you can in 24 hours and it's literally like a mile and a half loop. (laughs) I think that would drive me insane. yeah. I think maybe a mile and a half might be a little bit too small. <laughs> That's pushing the edge. Okay. Yeah, I feel like you'd always be turning. Yes. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, but yeah, I've never done one of those. But that is on the bucket list, actually. Um, in the next few years, I'll hopefully be checking that one off. <laughs> well, I want to kick this podcast off by saying congratulations sort of for two things. One, you've last weekend you've completed... Uh, an Ironman relay triathlon. So you were the running section of that and that looked amazing. Looking forward to hearing a bit more about that. But also after six years of medical school, you have passed and now you're graduating very soon. Two amazing things. Let's let's start with the Ironman in Nice. Uh, what was your, who was your team? How was the running section? How was Nice? So, I mean... That introduction has made it sound a lot more impressive than it actually was, unfortunately. So it was a half marathon. Um, so I was doing the running part of the Ironman 70.3 relay. Um, so I did it with um, a few of my boyfriend's family. Um, we all went out to Nice on holiday and we thought they're quite an active family. And um, we thought, why not Why not enter? Because yeah. uh, we're in France on the same weekend as this 
um, races going on. And honestly, it was so much fun. I'd never done an Ironman event before. Um, and I think this was a good way to ease myself into it. Um, and Iron Man is definitely on the on the bucket list as well. Yeah. Um, God, I've got so many, so many <laughs> races and things to do. Um, but my boyfriend did one um, last year, um, like a full Iron Man in Mexico, and I went over there to watch, and it was just incredible. Wow. Um, there are so many competitors, the support is amazing, and so just to be in that environment, I know I was only doing a little bit of it. But that was a good like taste of it, and also crossing the line as a team together was the best a feeling. Good experience. Well, I was, yeah. was going to say, just picking up on what you said about the support and the environment. I think I mean, you'll know how lovely the running community is and how supportive it can be. I, I imagine that's is the same with sort of the triathlon events as well. Yeah, definitely. Even people that have never sort of taken part um, in an event like that um, will come out because it just, I mean, with Ironman especially, they take over the entire city because the route, like for the, for the you know, cycle event and for the run, they have to close all the roads. And so you've not really got an option but to watch and like cheer. Um, and so that was great, just having so many sort of French people, you know, shouting, Allez! Um, <laughs> and despite not being allowed to have any music, or you know um oh, really? yeah you can't have any headphones then um that's against the rules is that a health and safety thing I or is so. it just i think off. so but i mean it might be but the roads are closed so i think it's more of you know getting into the mindset yeah. of being like an iron man um is, would you, would you usually think. would you usually run with music or podcasts or something like that yeah, usually with music. Um, I mean, it's weird. Whenever I have headphones in, I'll play music on my run, but I won't actually listen to it. It would just be like sort of background yeah. noise. And, you know, by the end of the run, I wouldn't be able to tell you what, what I'd been I'd playing. To. No. Yeah. Um, it just helps me like zone out, I think. Um, yeah, but with that race, there was none of that. Um, but yeah, managed to get through it with the crowd. So that was good. Well done. Thank you. And like I said, the other thing, six years of medical school, a long <laughs> time, and you've been balancing loads of different things, including the running with that. How does it feel to, I say, be at the end of that journey, but also the start of the next yeah. journey as well? The start of a new journey, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm more excited about. The fact that I've like finished medical school, no more, no more studying. Well, for a little bit. Um, or the fact that I'm about to finally start getting paid <laughs> and, <laughs> and start working. paying it back for the yeah. graduation for the yeah. uh, for the tuition as well. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, very excited to st- uh, to be starting work. Um, it's more responsibility. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to do some night shifts, which. Um, gonna be tough not not so much looking forward to that um but yeah i'm looking forward to just like starting my career definitely well let's wind back for a for a bit to where your running journey sort of started where can you pinpoint when that was um so i always enjoyed running at school um i used to do sort of like athletics cross country that kind of stuff um and then i didn't really enjoy just um like the pressure of it, I found it quite stressful. And so after school, uh, when I started uni, didn't really do much running. Um, but then um, I started entering some like small 10K events yep. with a few friends. Um, and they, I, I found them quite fun. 
And it got to a point where every weekend I just wanted to do another event, uh, probably because I enjoyed getting a medal, like the flapjack at the end. Yeah. <laughs> you know, best part about it. I think everyone would agree with that, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so um, I think it just really started from there. And then I entered my first half marathon um, with some friends that I played netball with. And then after that race, I think it was the Richmond half, after that, I vowed that I would never run that far ever again. <laughs> After your first half marathon, yeah. that's really weird. I did exactly the same thing. <laughs> to the first person that I think maybe gave me the medal when I got over the line, I said, I'm never doing that again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was horrible. I said, I'm a 10K runner. That is that is my limit. I'm going to stick to 10Ks. And then lockdown happened. Yeah. And I just wanted like an escape. So I moved back home. So I live in central London, moved back, which is just on the um, border of London, a bit more space to run, get out. And so I was living with my family, which I haven't done in about six years. And so I wanted to get out the house Mm. um, and running was a perfect way for me to do that. And so I would, I started off by, you know, building up the distance, ran a half marathon, stretched it out, ran a full marathon and then even, I think, got to 50K. Um, and that was, so ran like a sort of an ultra in my in my own time over lockdown. Yeah, not, not even within the constraints of like an event that you know is coming up and you have to do it. That's all from you just going, oh, well, I've done that and I feel all right. Maybe I could do that. And you yeah. keep breaking those sort of ceilings. Absolutely. And I think it was, for me, it was all mental. Um, I knew nothing about long distance running at that point. I would go out with, I only had one running belt, um, which I would use for 10Ks or for um, for my half marathon. Um, I didn't have anywhere to store water, so <laughs> I would run. I think it was peak summer at one point, run without any water and maybe a, f- a few gels. Didn't know anything about like, you know, recovery, stretching, that kind of thing. And so it was all just on how I was feeling Learning that on the day. Yeah. yeah, so I definitely, I think I learned the hard way. I definitely had, my legs were very, very sore, maybe borderline injury, but thankfully didn't get didn't get injured. Um, but it was, so I felt like I got thrown into the deep end just, you know, doing it for myself, not really having, you know, any training plans or, um, yeah, any, not knowing anything, basically. <laughs> I want to tell you a little bit about Keela, who are for the everyday adventurer. The Wee Days Oot collection by Keela has been designed to encourage you to adventure local and discover what beauty is on your doorstep. Keela want to show that you can find an adventure anywhere. You don't need to spend thousands on a trip abroad or commit to spending weeks away from home. Whether it's a beach walk finished off with a seat by a campfire to watch the sunset or your first ever cold water dip, the Wee Days Oot collection has something for everyone. And the best bit, it's made in Scotland. So why not continue your outdoor journey with Keeler's Wee Day Oot collection? Take your first steps and discover the beauty that's right in front of you. You might just be surprised at what you find. But how, what effects, I mean, it might not do, but you were diagnosed with bronchiectasis? Yeah, bronchiectasis. Almost there. So almost there. I was trying so hard. Um, at 15 or when you were younger yeah when I was younger and yeah. what effect does that or what, what is that for people that might not know and does it have an effect on your running because it's to do with your lungs and breathing yeah so I um I think I was 13 I had a really ba- bad bout of pneumonia ended up in hospital and um then I came out of hospital and had this constant cough 
Um, and I mean, you know, as a kid, you're not really worried about it. But my dad was because he was he was like, well, this isn't normal. You yeah. shouldn't be coughing this much. Um, and yeah, really impacted my sports. I remember sports days, just like feeling like I needed an inhaler, but an inhaler wasn't really helping. And so I, um, yeah, dad took me to a hospital, had a CT scan, and then they found out that I had bronchiectasis, which is sort of damage to the airway. Um and it's a it's a permanent thing, yep. but it can be treated. Um, so you can treat it with medication, but I choose to treat it with exercise. So doing a lot of cardiovascular exercise actually helps um, because it just helps clear out your chest, um, prevents things building up in your chest. And so um, that's probably one of the reasons why I've just been active since that age, um, just knowing that actually being active is really important to stop me coughing. Um, like it's vital for my health. Yeah. Um, and I can see the immediate effects when I don't exercise. If I've taken like a week off of not doing any sort of cardiovascular exercise, I will inevitably just get a cough. And, so so yeah. and actually the opposite of what I may have thought of that running might put more pressure onto that. Actually mm-hmm. the opposite of when you're more sedentary, it might build up and have more of an effect on you. I mean, yeah. But even so, some of the events and races and amazing things that I want to ask you about in a bit, when you take them on, does it have an impact at all? Or is it actually something that now you manage quite well and you're used to? I think now I manage it quite well. And a lot of people with bronchiectasis, they tend to get chest infections, especially over the winter time. Um, But I think because I've just been so sort of... um, you know, constant with my exercise. I've made sure to to do at least a little bit of cardiovascular exercise yeah. every week, no matter what's going on. Um, I've made sure that, you know, I've stopped any negative effects of my condition yeah. from, like, reoccurring. Um, but sorry, I've forgotten what you asked. <laughs> but having an having no effect when you're taking on... You know, really long distance um, running. Yeah, so um, with those really long distances, I find, um, yeah, I don't really feel um, that I've got any sort of condition. Um, sometimes um, if I, it also depends on what I'm eating and if I'm sleeping well, I can feel like that. If I'm having, um, if my immune system um, has taken a hit, mm. then um, because of all those things um, that occur with, you know, multi-day events especially I can um I can feel like a cough <clears throat> building <laughs> god saying that good timing yeah. <laughs> good timing um but I can I know how to clear my chest now um I did physio um for a while mm. which is weird that you can do chest physio as well like a lot of runners a lot of runners are used to like stretching and yeah. like doing like physio for your muscles but actually your you know your diaphragm and all your rib like within your ribs yeah. you have muscles and for when you have a condition like mine um you can train those muscles by doing chest physio and so that helps to clear out the chest and so yeah, yeah. Probably something that i hadn't really considered before and like you said even for your condition that makes a massive impact but for anyone and it just in general for running does it just might create a bit more of a spacing for breath. We know how important breathing is for running. I yeah. Mean, life, but running especially. Yeah, definitely. I try not to think too much about breathing because yeah. whenever I do, I feel like I just I just start coughing. Um, <laughs> so it's something that I just think, you know, happens. I have one in the background. I don't I don't want to think 
Um, like I don't like to focus on it, yeah. um, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's it's so important. It's so important to you know train those muscles too. I always like asking people that do ultra marathons where the door sort of open to learning about it. I mean, it seems like you kind of did it by accident during lockdown. But then, and even like you said, you didn't know a lot about running at that point. What have you learned in the years since about the about ultra marathons, the running community, and picking up bits of advice like now, obviously running with water and mm-hmm. yeah. little things like salt tablets and nutrition mm-hmm. and recovery. How have you sort of learned after stepping through that door? Um, so actually, I mean, I think I started by reading books written by ultramarathon runners. Um, and then I thought, wow, this is really cool how they can go on for days and days. Um, and it was just great to have like an insight into their mental, like the mental side of it um, from their perspective. So I read books um, by Scott Jurek. He has put yeah. a few out. Um, he's, been on, he's been on this podcast. He's, really? he's lovely. Such oh a nice guy. Yeah, my idol. It's very oh, really? jealous. Very jealous. You see him. <laughs> yeah. He was so nice. Really cool. So nice. Really I took cool the opportunity guy. to ask. It was before I'd taken on my first ultra, so I no was way. like, "This is really cheeky. We're talking about you, but can I have some advice?" And he, and he did. He was a really, really nice guy. Yeah, he's really cool. And I'm a vegetarian and try to eat a lot of vegan foods. And in his book, he's got loads of recipes. Well, in one of his books, um, which I still use to this day. So, um, yeah, he love him. Um, and then, um, oh, there's this book here, actually, by someone called Emil Zatopek. I've uh, I've heard about him, so he's really cool. Uh, wow. He's an ultra runner, and he um, he used to do fartlek training yep. uh, to, uh, to train up for ultras. Um, so lots of sprinting, um, and that's how he would, you know, um, do really well in ultras, and that's how I learned about, like, interval training, yeah. just by hearing about him and a book written by someone else I have no idea but <laughs> lots yeah. of books lots of books I've read quite a few um and then I sort of moved on to talking to other runners and um when you take part in races ultra runners especially are really friendly yes um, so after lockdown I thought right I've got to enter um an ultra and so I signed up to the ultra x 100k and I thought I'm gonna go jump in at the deep end yeah um yeah because that I mean 100k one day that's quite that's quite far for your first ultra but I thought I really wanted a challenge um and I thought you know it's in the UK it's in it's in Surrey how bad can it really be (laughs) um I mean disclaimer Surrey has loads of hills hills, yeah both north south downs yeah Yeah, exactly um which I didn't realize um (laughs) and also I hadn't really done much trail running I was always on the roads, um, so that was that was a challenge. Quite technical too. ground then sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I I was in really I felt like I was in a really good shape, both mentally and physically, to be able to compete. And so I thought, why not? Um, let's go for it. And that was a really fun race. Um, it was two fifty kilometer loops. Um, I had my mum and my aunt come watch, um, which is good. Um, and I was really nervous going into it. Um, but everyone was so friendly, especially at the checkpoints. Um, lots of, lots of food, lots of, you know, Haribo's, Snicker bars, flapjacks. Anything Um, you can find. Exactly. (laughs) Anything you can find. Lots of music, um, at the checkpoints. But between checkpoints, it was really nice because you were sort of running by yourself for most of it. Um, and I liked that because I've always been used to running by myself. Yeah. Just 
Um, Through lockdown. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so, yeah, I really enjoyed that event. And I placed third. So I was really happy with that. Yeah. Um, Uh, Considering you've thrown yourself in the deep end, like you say, you've gone straight in at 100k. I mean, there's the checkpoints are sort of 30 miles, 50 miles and 80k and then and then 100k and then you build up from from there. I mean, until there's no limit of distance that people ultramarathons that people take on but that really were you just thinking no i'm gonna if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it properly mm-hmm. um what was your thought process or what was your how did you feel when you crossed the finish line oh i felt amazing so it was sort of when it hit me it was maybe a kilometer before the end of the finish and i'm glad it did because i just started crying it was really weird um i didn't expect to I was just, I was just so happy that I knew I was going to finish, um, and thankfully it hit me then and not at the finish line because that would have been quite embarrassing. Cross the line and just break down into <laughs> yeah. a ball of tears. What's wrong? What's wrong? Yeah. Oh, I'm happy. I promise. <laughs> yeah, no, didn't have that. But it was like a, cl- a kilometer before. I remember just crying and just like knowing that I'd really wanted to to do this, to do an event like this and compete in a race since lockdown. I. Kn- it probably only been maybe a year, but it was, you know, a long time of training. And mm. for ultras, it's quite a lot of dedication, you know, tr- like hundreds of kilometres of prep um, for that one day. Yeah. Um, and so I was really, really happy um, when I crossed the line. And that one kilometre before, like had a quick cry, wiped away the tears and then, yeah, crossed the, the line. Yeah. And did you have the same thought that a lot of people lots of ultra runners have runners have when they complete something they're looking they're almost look already looking at the next thing did you did you have something in mind or did you want to level up no no i after after that 100k vowed to never do anything like that again the so same as the yeah, half marathon exactly yeah. same as the half marathon i was i'd actually booked a spa for um for the next day that's great admin. Um, yeah mm. um but because it was in the countryside and sorry like outside of london um booked a spa so we're going to stay the night and then use the spa the next day wake up the next day and didn't want to move <laughs> like legs weren't working um didn't want to get out of bed but i did to go to breakfast um Th- that's yeah. another that's another thing that people always want to hear what did you eat afterwards I think it was like oh, something really boring, like avo on toast and like loads of cereal. Um, but it was whatever the hotel was offering. Yeah. Probably some pancakes, actually. But yeah, nothing nothing too memorable. Nothing outrageous. <laughs> no, no. I think I did a lot of eating on the day. Um, yeah. Just like, you know, ch- at the checkpoints. Um, so the next day I was I was feeling OK. Um, well, you know, I, was, I wasn't super hungry, but actually my body was, was in a lot of pain. I didn't yeah. want to didn't want to go to the spa. I think I'd fallen over um, at like the 30k mark. And so I had a few had a few bruises. Um, and so I just wanted to sit still. And so spent spent the, sat- the Sunday. So the ultra was on Saturday. Spent the Sunday just sitting down. Probably the worst recovery <laughs> post ultra, just not moving. But that's what I did. So and then, uh, yeah, uh, no regrets. <laughs> at what point did you then start having the thoughts of, okay, well, what else can I achieve? I think, well, after I finally did recover and the muscles got moving again. <laughs> I could walk again, yeah. Yeah. Um, started started walking, started running again, and then thought, then that's when your brain like wanders. It's like, right, well, what's next? Um, and I, well, I think med school sort of happened, got in the way. Because um, when I'm thinking about what actually happened after that 100K, 
um, I think we we ended up going back to med school. So we got taken off our placements during COVID. Right. That's why I moved back home, had more free time. But then um, they were recruiting medical students back into hospitals. Yeah. And um, we, yeah, so we were working in hospitals as well as studying um, and things were slowly starting to return back to normal. Um, well, somewhat normal. Um, but it meant I had less free time, so I couldn't train as much. And so I think I just sort of kept things ticking. Um, so just running as much as I could um, and didn't really have um, a race in mind. But, you know, that's what happens yeah. when you have, you know, something else that you're also working towards. Um and so running wasn't my priority at that point. Um, and then and then I think I signed up to Sri Lanka um, pretty soon. I went, I went on to Love Island, came off, signed up to Sri Lanka after that. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then do, did the 250 kilometre. So yeah, that's, I mean, like you threw yourself in the deep end with that first ultra marathon, 100k. Then over doubling the distance for your next one. Why Sri Lanka? Why that event? And did, again, did you just want to see how far you could push yourself? Um, so yeah, I think that was that was it really. I so I chose Sri Lanka because I mean I really like Ultrax. I did my hundred k with them. Thought that was fantastic, like really well organised. And um, they they asked me if I wanted to do another one. So I thought, yeah, sure, why not? Um, let's let's um, challenge myself. Let's up the distance. Um, but also let's, um, I, I thought that, you know, up in the distance, it being 250 kilometers, that is a huge step up from a hundred K, but it's over multiple days. So that's a different challenge as well. Exactly. So that felt, I mean, it felt a little bit more manageable in my head just because, you know, it was like running. I'd done a few challenges where, you know, it's like run, run the days of the month and that kind of thing. Um, and so I felt like I could run back to back runs, um, pretty well. And, you know, I was, I was okay at that kind of thing. Um, but the, the challenge for me really was the heat. Um, cause I knew Sri Lanka was pretty flat, so there's no elevation and the distance was longer, but it was just the heat that I was really worried about. That was probably the biggest challenge for me. Um, just dealing with that. Um, cause I think it was like 40 degrees. There wasn't much shade and I'd never really, done much exercise in heat no acclimatization how long were you there before you then started um so i didn't really have much time off medical school so i think i got there maybe two days before um and went on one 5k run was absolutely (laughs) soaked like and yeah i thought god this is going to be really tough yeah it's gonna be really really tough but I'd I'd spoken to by this point I'd spoken to lots of other runners who had run in similar sort of conditions, and their top piece of advice was bring salt tablets and take them religiously, like bring loads of them. So that's what I did, and yeah, managed managed to survive. <laughs> salt tablets help with cramp and hydration mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, so yeah, they've got a few different things in them, but they. Uh, they're almost more important than water um just because yeah they help with they stop you cramping they stop what happens when you dehydrate is like it can really badly affect your nervous system um 
And so, which actually happened to one of one of the runners, when you dehydrate, um, you can you can have like a seizure. And so, in those types of conditions, especially when you're doing ultras, things, events like that can happen. Thankfully, she was okay because yeah. you know Ultrax had a doctor on site, so it was all good. Um, but you know, they are ultras are in the heat are dangerous events, and people forget that. And so, you know, when you when you run, you think, oh, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Or you know, get a cramp, but actually, it can really badly affect you know the um, rest of your body. I mean, yeah. that, that is a really good point about how you know, obviously, you, the amazing distance that you travel, but the human body isn't really built to be running that far. Like we, that's just, there's a reason why you get to a certain point and it hurts and your brain is telling you to stop. But yeah. it also on the flip side of that shows how strong we are mentally and then subsequently physically to actually achieve those things. I mean, you must have a high level of, sort of mental strength and ability to be able to push through what I imagine were quite difficult low times over those five days. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really tough. That's definitely that's definitely the toughest event I've ever done. Um I remember my my he- my phone um died like it broke completely and so I had no music um for most of most of the days and <clears throat> I just had to like I was just in my own head trying to distract myself. And that was really tough, just having no distractions apart from, you know, scenery around. Um, but, yeah, the the heat was really tough. And just knowing, knowing that you can carry on, like knowing it's really hard. But I think when you when you've been running for a while um, or just doing, you know, intense physical activity, you know, the limits of your body and you know when you can push and you also yeah. s- sometimes you know when to stop like there are times where I, I've thought well I shouldn't have gone on that run you know you you're in loads of pain you've probably not done yourself any good at all um but you know you also you know when you can carry on which in the most of the time like 90% of the time is going to be fine um you just have to push through that barrier um with me it tends to I tend to get to a really bad point you know where everything's hurting but then you carry on running for like a few more kilometers and then all the pain goes. It's weird how that works, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it can be both. You can feel amazing and then 30 seconds later you feel like you just never want to run again. And then, like you said, the flip side of that, mm. you can feel terrible and you just know, you just need to push through the next few kilometers, maybe get to an aid station, maybe you know run with someone for another few K and then gets you back into a good, a good area. It's really weird how... Yeah, it works like that. Yeah, actually, I have no idea how it works. It'd be a cool area to research, I guess. <laughs> well, there's, 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 yeah. there's, a, there's a job. There's one to add to the bucket list to research yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah, add it. So we know how you felt when you crossed the half marathon and the 100K. How did you feel when you got to the end point and finished that five-day 250K race? Uh, it was just, I think at the end of that, it was just relief that I'd finished. Um I didn't know whether I was going to finish or not because it was such a small group of us that did it. I think it was maybe 50 runners that started and I think it was maybe like 39 or 40 that finished. So lots of people hadn't actually made it to that finish line. And so it was just, it felt really like rewarding and it felt like a real team effort. Um, And you had so much support from everyone 
And it almost felt like you weren't just doing it for yourself. You were doing it for the team and for the people around you. You get to know the other people, the other runners in the event. Yeah. There's, not, there's a small pool of you. You get to know them over those five days. Absolutely. Yeah. You know everything about them because like a few of them, you're running together, you know, um, you're all camping together. You see, you see the worst of them. Um, so <laughs> they see the worst of you. They see the worst of you. Exactly. Exactly. And so... Um, and you know, there's no, there's no hiding anything when you're in pain, like pure pain, like you are during ultras and 40 degree heat. There is no, like, you can't really hide, hide that pain. You just, you know, you just got to let it out. And yeah. so that's the best way I think. Um, but yeah, having the support from everyone there, um, and you know, doing it together really bonds you and yeah, I still keep in contact with a few of them. So that's great. If you head to Aquamarina's website right now, then you can save 15% on their 2023 range using our special code OAA15 at checkout when you have filled up your cart. Aquamarina has been producing high quality paddle equipment for over 30 years. Their products are made for your needs, backed by technology that keeps you safe and to go with you wherever your adventure takes you. Water sports are absolutely massive right now. So if you want to join in on the fun, then head to aquamarinauk.co.uk and take advantage of that discount. Wow, an, an, an unbelievable experience. And it clearly hasn't put you off of ultras because you have another one coming up next yeah. next week or when we're recording this is next week. It's yeah. in mid-July. It's the Race to the Stones, which is, is that also in Surrey? That's also in Surrey. Uh, no, no, that's in Oxford, sorry. That's in Oxford. Oxford, yes. On, yeah, on Saturday. So coming up a few, few more days. Why that event? Um, how far is it? How has your training been going? Um, so it's so I'm only doing 50k. There's 100k on offer as well. But I am just not trained up at all. Um, I don't, I'm, yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be a, a really good event. Um, it's like the UK's biggest ultra um, there are loads one of, the of oldest, oldest ones I want to say as well. Yeah, I think it might be. I think it might be. Um, but it's there's a really good like group of people doing it. It's a great community, um, great atmosphere. And so I'm looking forward to that. I think it will just be like a fun day out is what I'm hoping. <laughs> it's amazing. There will be people <laughs> listening to this that have, you know, might be hearing about ultramarathons for the first time or, you know, think about 50 kilometers and think that that's completely unrealistic hearing you say it'll be a fun day out but imagine half marathon version of you when you first took on that first half marathon a few years or how many years ago hearing you say that I mean it must be weird to look back at that and see how far you've progressed yeah it's really strange to think back at it I think when I say it's going to be a fun day out that's just me trying to like you know reassure myself that it's going to be okay take the pressure away Yeah, yeah that's that's what I say when you know, it's that whole sort of running mentality when you're running, when you're running a half marathon, it's like, it's only two 10Ks, it'll be okay. You know, when you're running a full, it's only two half marathons, it's fine. <laughs> like running an ultra, fun day out, it's okay. <laughs> you know, just sort of, you know, playing it down so that you're, mar- so that mentally, you know, it's, um, you're, you're not, you're not worried about anything. Uh, and you yeah. said, I- ideally, you would have done more training for this. What does your yeah. ideal sort of training timescale I know it depends on what you're doing but yeah. your ideal training timescale look for a 50k um I think I can so if you go from sort of being able to run a half marathon um I probably need at least maybe eight eight weeks of 
good training mm. just to really build up that distance and feel a bit more comfortable um, with, you know, 35k plus um, and like marathons, that kind of thing. But I'm going into this having not run a marathon in maybe six months. So it's going to be it's going to be a challenge a for me. Yeah. yeah, I've run quite a few halves. Yep. And so I feel comfortable with that distance. But I haven't done that, you know, eight week training of training. I would have liked to. Um, so I'm going to take this one slow and just, you know, enjoy, enjoy the atmosphere. What is the food or snack or might even be a drink that if you're running up to an aid station and you see that, it just puts, it just makes you feel so happy to see that food. I'm going to eat all of it. A Twix bar. A Twix bar. Yeah, I, it's because it's because I would never really carry chocolate when I'm doing events like this because they it melts and you know it's like you know short term yeah. energy. You don't really want chocolate, but actually you do really want chocolate. Like when you see it at that at that and it, like at the aid station, I love I love a Twix for some reason. It's just you know crunchy, um, delicious milk chocolate, and yeah, gives you gives you. That energy for the next, like, maybe five, five, seven kilometres that (laughs) you need. It's funny what you crave. It is funny what you crave because I remember when I did did one of just thinking, oh, I mean, I like melon anyway, but that watermelon, for some reason, that was just going to save me on that day. Like, that is just all I wanted. I wanted watermelon. I wanted that freshness. And then you got to the next one. Oh, a a peanut butter bar. Like, that is the only thing that I want. (laughs) I We, um, I was, I was helping someone who was doing a back-to-back marathons for twenty-five days and raising money for charity, and he had this obsession for pork pies for maybe the first ten days, and then I saw him again on day fifteen, and he, and I said, "Oh, no pork pies." He said, "I do no, I never want to see a pork pie <laughs> ever again in my entire life like that. It's, I just, I just can't, I can't deal with it because nutrition is so important." I mean, especially in Sri Lanka when you're doing back-to-back things. But do you have a nutrition plan for uh, for the race of the stones? Will it be gels and salt tablets again and things like that to get you through? And Twix bars, obviously. Yeah, I think so. I might stay clear of the Twix bars. Okay. Um, I think it's a similar sort of pork pie situation going on <laughs> with them at the minute. Um, but I, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with gels. Um, and then maybe maybe two two cliff bars like in in the pockets yeah. just in case. Um, but plan is just stick with gels because I mean fifty k is a bit longer than a marathon. I'm, I'm prepared <laughs> mentally, just yeah. you know, it's a marathon and then a little bit more, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so so it's very you, rational. Yeah. So I've done it. I've done a marathon before with gels. So I'm hoping I can I can do a fifty k with, with just gels. But I. I mean, I am ha- going to have some cliff bars just in case. So. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't, I haven't thought through the nutrition, um, but, you know, I'm going to wing it on the day. It'll be fine. Nice It'll day out, fine. you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Any spas booked for the day after this time or are you just <laughs> no. going to be? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not this time. Not this time. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> um, how, how does it feel going from starting to run you know, during lockdown properly to then – being on the cover of women's magazine like that must feel incredibly surreal yeah totally totally surreal um yeah i can i can believe it when i saw it 
like like went into Waitrose and saw like <laughs> my face there and just thought, yeah, how could how could like little me running from like just doing ten k's occasionally, like running over lockdown, never wanting to do a half marathon ever again after after my first, be like on the cover of a running magazine. Um, that was yeah, that was definitely a dream come true. Because obviously, being on reality, reality TV, there's going to be media attention, but with with that, like that's something that that is really you're really passionate about like running is your thing you're good at it um and you will continue to do it so that particular piece of coverage is 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 amazing i mean there was one particular the the quote on the front that said running gave me the confidence to enter love island is that uh, explain a bit more about what running actually does for your confidence and mental well-being um oh, I think you know running is one of the best things that you can do for your mental health and um, I've never what I always tell myself is if I'm feeling like you know like I don't want to go for a run um or just like in a bad mood you know don't just want to sit in my room I'll always tell myself you know go out for a run doesn't matter how far um but at the end of your run you will always feel better and I know that you know after my run I feel so much better it could literally be like two kilometers and I will feel a thousand times better than I did before I started that run and so it's just sort of knowing that um and just it gives you just playing sport or just or running well for me running um gives me so much more confidence um than like than if I wasn't to do it I guess um just it's it supported me through lots of things you know breakups running that off um just you know any sort of stress at medical school I always used to like run to get rid of any exam stress and even at school I would I'd go for runs when I was stressed out about like GCSEs and A levels yeah Yeah, it's a real time to like it's a it's a a vice to be able to let off steam to be able to think things through and sometimes also just to forget and let yeah whether you want to run with headphones in or headphones out or whatever it's just an opportunity to escape from the noise obviously if you're running next to a road then maybe maybe not but um you know trail running and taking on different events yes it's difficult and yes it's not for everyone but the effect that it has on your mental well-being i think i've said that on this podcast loads of times you never regret a run there's not many times you, you might be a difficult run it might not have maybe felt good but you probably come back and once you get that dopamine hit and endorphin rush it feels good yeah definitely totally agree with that and it's yeah it's the thing where when you go for a run with me when I go for runs I just turn off and so whatever stress that I'm going through it's just an escape from that and it's it's great just to be able to have that where you can escape from your from your life from anything around you turn off and just be in your own space running i mean i know that a lot of people like running in groups and things and that really helps motivation um for me it definitely does um you know doing things in a team um but when i do my sort of daily runs um i like to just be by myself Mm. because it's that escape that i absolutely love is there a particular song that if it comes on that's like that gives you an extra boost in your step oh i'm not i'm not sure i do like a bit of like aloe black just like okay. um you know that kind of like a little bit jazzy yeah. happy um upbeat that kind of music um 
makes me makes me very happy and so that adds like to the yeah, run it does make a difference sometimes. yeah for sure um but yeah there's no there's no one song in particular i like it i like it um are there any events that are in the back of your head that are like oh i'm that that could be interesting i mean the the one that i'd sort of written down that when you were talking about back back to back marathons marathon de Saab is obviously one of the um popular races that even non-runners know about is that something that's potentially on the horizon or other races whether they are long multi-day or actually just half marathons or marathons in particular areas you want to visit um yeah i think i mean mgs is definitely one that i've thought about um and the one in mont blanc is also you know obviously their sort of bucket list mm. um ultras that i will probably do at some <laughs> stage in life but i think the one like a race that I really want to do um, in the next sort of year would be a hundred miler. Um, yep. So that's a one day event, you know, a hundred miles. I haven't really decided where, but I know that it, it won't be somewhere hot. I think that's... Um, it won't be yeah. somewhere hot. It won't be a mile and a half looped one. No, no, exactly. No, no, it could, it could have a loop, but not sort of like a small looper, maybe like a 50k loop or, yeah. you know, a nice scenic hundred miler. Um, you know, maybe in the British countryside somewhere. Um, yeah, if anyone if anyone knows of any, then do do let me know. <laughs> but, suggestions. I mean, there are so there are so many events and races on all the time. There are, you know, and it's great to see people support all of these events because it was a really difficult time in lockdown when these events can go on. It costs a lot of money to put on events. So mm-hmm. hearing you talk about these amazing events and obviously like old treks that. You know, provide the platform for runners to challenge themselves and try something different. It's great to hear that you're, you know, looking at different events and seeing what to take on next. Absolutely, yeah, and event like especially with um, the race of stones that I'm doing um, on the weekend. Um, Threshold are a really great um, company yeah. too. Like their ultras are made for everyone, so they're specifically made for you know people who have never done an ultra before and just want to you know dip their toes in ultra territory. Um, they're really accessible, really well supported, and like the cutoff times are amazing. So yeah, the completion rate, it says on the website, the completion rate is like extremely high because mm-hmm. um, some, obviously running an ultra is difficult. Sometimes there's things that get in the way of you completing that. But when you have an accessible ultra marathon, like an ultra marathon is scary. But when you have that evidence behind it, saying, "Yep, yeah, well, we're going to do all we can to help you through and get you to the finish line," it just makes so much easier and takes a little bit of pressure off the shoulders yeah definitely and i think everyone like an ultra is a challenge for anyone you know even the most sort of accomplished athletes doing an ultra marathon is always going to be challenging and so um it's so i think it's so important that we you know people explore that world even if running they might not think running more than a half marathon is their thing that's i mean that's that's the headspace i was in yeah but having been exposed to like the ultra world you feel like anything is possible and after after you after you complete an ultra you're sort of like yeah i can do anything and it's great to have that feeling and that's you know and that applies to my life generally now like whenever i think oh am i going to be able to you know get that grade at medical school no, I can do it. It's just going to take hard work. It's a challenge, but, you know, I can do it. And just having that mentality 
um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have had that if I didn't do ultras. That that kind of leads me on to my last question before I ask you for your piece of advice of that um, you being on reality TV and and actually throwing yourself into that situation is quite a daunting thing. Um, how was that experience for you, and and what made you? I mean, you said it on, on in the women's magazine, uh, women's running magazine interview. But what was it that made you go from that experience? What positives could you take from it? And does that almost in the reverse effect had an effect on your running and your studies as well? Yeah. So when so I mean, going going into reality too. So sorry, could you could you repeat? The <laughs> how was no, that experience for you? Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> I said Thank a lot, you. but Thank how was you. the experience for so, you? So I mean, the experience was wild. I I'd never watched Love Island before. Um, it's not really my thing. Um, well, that's what I thought anyway, yeah. before going on to the show. Um, I just got a message to Instagram and I thought, you know, why not? I'll apply. Nothing's going to come of it. And then ended up on the show. Um, and yeah, it was, t- it felt totally surreal. Um, being, you know, being on TV, um, you like just having cameras around you yeah. the entire day. But I think having the, the lessons that I learned from running, just being sort of adapting to situations, you know, if something goes wrong, it's fine. Just like move on. Um, that kind of mentality, I definitely applied it to the show. I was just like, you know, I might not be in an environment that I'm very comfortable in, but just enjoy being uncomfortable. That kind of, you know, mindset um, is what I was I was just thinking yeah. the entire time I was there. Um, and you know, it will be okay. You're gonna you're gonna be fine. Um and Yap came off the show and that was also totally surreal. Um life got really busy and that obviously took a toll on running. I wasn't able to train as much. Um, but I was, I was able to instead, you know, talk to other people, <clears throat> you know, do interviews, things like that, like go onto podcasts and um, do this kind of thing, <clears throat> which actually, um, helps other people, you know, Oh, Priya can do it. I can do it too. You know, she, she's a medical student. She's at uni full time if she can, you know, find the time to run and complete an ultra, then maybe I can. Um, and I ha- I've had so many messages and things, things like that, which have, which has made sort of not prioritizing running as much, um, really worth it. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been a great, great experience, a great time coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a whirlwind, a whirlwind but it's, it seems yeah. to have unstirred you in your education, but also you're running your, your, you know, like you said, we said at the beginning, graduated past and taking on ultras still with the being able to balance all of that is obviously very difficult but like you just said if if you're able to do it then it projects to other people that they're able to balance whatever different things are happening in their life and take on take on different challenges as well I mean I think very early on when you went into the show you said that you you ran ultra marathons I remember there being a real fascination or you saw a real fascination with other people going what why do, why do you do that? Like what type of thing? And I was, I was actually like, oh, that's really cool. Like I, <laughs> somebody works on a running show, like, oh, that's really cool to see that being projected yeah. on sort of prime time 
TV. Yeah, it's definitely a niche. Like, I think <laughs> I think the average person would just look at you like, yep, why would you do that? Why would you run that far? It's a waste of time. Like, I mean, you in, know. in a way, I can completely understand why they're the questions. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. I do understand that too. Um, having never thought I'd run an ultra and thought that was just something totally ridiculous myself. And so I do understand that. But I think it's just, you know, it's just... It's a progression. It's the mentality um, of taking like the small steps in order to achieve that like one big goal. Um, just now, you know, seeing myself like a few years later, um, since I first ran that half marathon yeah. till now. Um, yeah, it's. Um, I, I wouldn't have believed it if you told me I'd be running ultras now and having only run a half. So, yeah, well, I think there's a lot of people that can take inspiration from that and that will resonate with your story and I, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about your experiences and I'm really excited to see how you get on at your on your day out at the race and stones it's definitely not going to be a fun day out as I see I the panic that, setting in your face yeah. no I know I know I know how you meant it um <laughs> looking forward to following that along the only thing that's left to get from you I offered you a piece of advice at the beginning from Anna. Now is your opportunity to leave a piece of advice for someone who will be coming onto the podcast in the near future. Um, so I think my piece of advice would be to try to enjoy everything that you're doing. Um, you know, if it's a really tough race, smile through the pain. Um, I feel like even just physically smiling, even if you're like really struggling with something, um, can really help. Um there have been like studies on it that have actually shown that if you just put a smile on your face it just like helps you a little bit mentally um but you know finding something to laugh at even if it is like how ridiculous a situation you're in can be um when things are mentally really tough um can just be you know an absolute lifesaver um when you're running and like something really tough so um yeah i think that would be my top tip <laughs> thank you very much i look forward to passing that along thank you thank you for listening to this latest episode of the outside and active podcast with my guest priya gapaldas if you enjoyed that episode then please leave a like uh, follow this podcast or share it with someone who you think would enjoy it just as much as you so we can grow this outside and active community and continue to get on some incredible guests from the outside and active world We'll be back next week with another episode of the Outside and Active podcast. Thank you to Keela and Aquamarina UK for supporting us. But until that time, enjoy the outdoors. Outside and Active.